teacher um, interview right now and we're with um, Mrs. Radford. She is the IB coordinator at our school and we're going to be discussing a Kendrick Lamar unit that her class and the other classes in her grade are doing uh, about the unit's curriculum, why she was Kendrick, and many other things regarding Kendrick Lamar's music. And the Duke is we're just going to talk about um, Kendrick Lamar's music with her and um, what she's uh, doing with it and how she's like teaching her class and how she's um, kind of trying to um, get the cur curriculum out to the um, students. So okay. can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? So for the first question, uh, what's your job and what do you teach in general? Sure. So my name is Christy Radford. I am the district IB coordinator and the diploma program coordinator for our school. Um, I also teach a theory of knowledge class and I teach a, an HL literature class. So that's a two year honors level lit class that bridges both junior and senior years. Okay. Um, what music do you genuinely listen to? I listen to everything, like everything under the sun. Um, there really isn't my, well, my perfect musical day would include multiple genres would include multiple artists, would include different opportunities. Um, I don't really know what I'm gonna listen to until it strikes me for that day. Yeah. yeah. Do you, all right, so this is another question. Um, with um, uh, music and stuff, how, do you say you make a lot of playlists and then like organize songs and different genres and then like put on that shuffle or do you just like put all of your songs into like one playlist and just see how it picks? Well, I have a million playlists. So that's okay. the answer to the okay. first question. Not a million, that's hyperbolic, but I have a whole bunch of different playlists. My favorite are the ones that are multi-genre. Um, but I often, you know, I, they're actually created almost thematically. So I have a playlist that reminds me of high school. I have a playlist that's specific for yoga. I have playlists that are um, everything that I've ever shazammed in my entire existence on Spotify. Um, so, you know, I have a Saturday morning playlist that is like reminiscent of the things that we listened to Saturday mornings at my house when I was a kid. Sunday playlist is um, like classic rock. It just depends. So, um, and sometimes those playlists are good for the middle of the week and sometimes they're not like the Saturday morning playlist is Saturday morning only okay, because yeah. it's like an association thing. I, um, I kind of do that except I just got one for, I got one playlist for when I'm playing Smash Bros. Nice. Uh, so then have you ever done this unit before and why did you choose Kendrick for this unit over other rappers or other hip hop artists? Sure. So in the IB curriculum, we have to choose our works from a list. It's called um, a it's called a prescribed reading list, and that's IB's name for it. So it's a list of authors. It's a list of genres. Um, it's a list of time periods. Uh, in the IB curriculum, you have to choose um, literature that's representative of cultures, time periods, continents. Um, our mission kind of at CPP is to really make sure that we have multiple voices represented. Um, so 
so in addition to you know Ivy's suggestions for our, our curricular choices, we really like to have um, a multitude of voices represented. And one of the voices that was really underrepresented was that of a black male. Um, so for example, in the course of, of a two year um, a two year section of study, we read things like Flannery O'Connor. So you have white female American, um, early 1900s voice. Um, we read some Victorian lit. We read um, African-American authors and African-American experiences. We read um, uh, some contemporary pieces that, that um, discuss issues of gender. Um, and sexuality, and this was just a voice that we didn't have. So when IB revised that prescribed reading list as the curriculum changed a couple of years ago, Kendrick Lamar showed up on the list. So it was just kind of an opportunity that we're like, you know what, this is a contemporary poet. Um, it's a voice that IB recognizes as one of literary merit. So why not capitalize on this right now? Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's really cool that like the organization of IB would like put someone uh, and I guess to people who don't listen to hip hop, it could be a genre that's stigmatized a lot. Absolutely. It's, it's cool that the IB organization would put them, put Kendrick Lamar on. And uh, next question, what research have you done to prepare for this unit? So much research. Um, so I actually, uh, hold this on a second. I took a, <laughs> I took a picture of all the books that I read to get myself ready, even before I started reading um, through the music. So um, several books on race, like how to be an anti-racist. So you want to talk about race. Um, there's actually a book that's called A Guide for White Women Who Teach Black Boys. Um, so, so things relative to race specifically. Then some things relative to teaching and teaching um, underrepresented groups. And so they're um, is an author, her name is Bell Hooks, and she's an education author, but she's also a black woman. So a trilogy of her books, teaching critical thinking, teaching community, and teaching to transgress. And teaching to transgress is specifically about how to teach underrepresented literature to students. Um, also some Kendrick-specific books, um, The Butterfly Effect, which is a, a biography, and then Promise That You'll Sing About Me, which is also biographical, but looks more like a coffee table book. It's mm -hmm. like shiny and there are beautiful pictures in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably the book that I feel like was most instrumental in terms of research prior to the author is a book that's called Not Light But Fire. And that's specifically about teaching um, hip hop, quite honestly, mm -hmm. and um, like destigmatizing, talking about race, talking about poverty and talking about culture. Um, and I thought that one was really, really helpful. In terms of author research, aside from those two books that we read, we every time we teach a book, we start with literary criticism. So as teachers teaching a, you know, teaching a college level class, that idea of criticism is so instrumental and pivotal in what you're doing because you need to take it beyond comprehension. You need to really look at analysis. That's the meat and potatoes kind of of what we teach. So you can imagine that finding lit crit for someone who's 30 years old mm -hmm. is really 
really not that easy. So there are, but there are tons of articles because of the power of the lyrics, because of the power of the musicality, because of the, the, um, the, I guess, command that Kendrick Lamar has as an artist in his field. There are tons of articles and tons of interviews. So we have like a whole sheet of um, YouTube clips that are okay. interviews as well as conversations, people analyzing the, the poetry itself. Um, so, so much research, listening to like the Dissect podcast um, that specifically deals with Lamar. I mean, Dissect took like two seasons to talk about um, Lamar album specifically. Mm -hmm. So all kinds of research, all kinds of research, plus reading the actual, um, reading the lyrics, looking at them through a literary lens, finding all of those pieces, annotating. Okay. Um, so when you're teaching your students, like how do they feel and like how do they um, like engage more or do they engage less when you're sure. with um, Kendrick? So I think this is one of those units. So but keep in mind, I teach 18 year olds at eight o'clock in the morning. So engagement at 8 a.m., I mean, you guys can empathize, is not awesome. Yeah. Um, with this text though, engagement is much higher. Like students seem much more invested. And I'm, I, it's not that they necessarily understand directly the experience of the author or the speaker of each poem. But really, it's that contemporary hook. It's the ability to, um, we can read this, but if we read it, we annotate it, and then we listen to it on top of that, it, it adds an extra layer of understanding. Plus, it's almost demystifying the genre. I mean, you said it before, people often dismiss hip hop and rap music as commercial and without substance. And really looking at these lyrics and looking at the artist through that critical lens of literary analysis allows you to really understand the deeper meaning, the socially conscious message, the social commentary, um, all of those pieces. So I would say engagement in terms of like this group and previous uh, units is much higher. Okay. I, uh, I, uh, I know that I'm in a club with a person who's taking that unit. Sure. And they, they did, they've never listened to hip hop before. Mm -hmm. and they, we were talking about during the club they were talking about how they find it really interesting and it's a unit that they would have never thought would have happened before. yeah yeah um so what kind of processes do you guys use to analyze songs are you looking for like what kind of literary elements or what do you do while analyzing a song sure so it's the same essentially as um the same essentially as any other text that we would analyze so the text itself is read in advance of the class. Um, you read it, you mark it, you make your commentary. Uh, with the poem specifically, each poem has a couple of guiding questions. So if students aren't really sure exactly what they should be looking for, those guiding questions kind of lead you to those things, whether it's a literary feature or social commentary, something like that. Um, students, well, not just students, I do the same thing. So I read it once through. I look for words that I don't know, concepts that I don't understand, circle them, highlight them, look them up, then go back in with that knowledge um, and then highlight, annotate, mark it up, looking for literary devices, literary, literary connections, but also because it's a specific author study. So we, 
every poet that we do or anytime we do a poet, you have to do 15 poems from that artist specifically or from that author specifically. So we picked about 20, mm -hmm. um, 20 songs and we're looking hopefully to do at least 15 of them. But so you're looking for like thematic kind of um, elements that reoccur. You're looking for a motif that kind of tracks itself through the author. Um, and specifically with Lamar, because we put them in an order, um, put them in chronological order according to when they were released. We're looking for the shifts and the changes in tone that he kind of exhibits as an author, um, how his initial message might not have been as socially conscious, but as he aged as um, as a creator and as a musician, his, his message becomes completely um, not different, but it changes and it shifts, yeah. almost like it matures as he matured. Yeah, because even on uh, Section 80, he's got socially conscious messages, but by the time he's getting to Tatanta Butterfly, he's completely realized that's his his role in hip hop. Yeah. He's the voice of- It's reflective, Yeah, right? And you can see that reflection as you move from section 80 through Mad, like Mad City, when you see like, even as Mad City evolves in terms of its discography, you can feel the reflection. Like you can feel him start to reflect. It happens sort of around swimming pools but then then by the time you get to sing about me when you get to sing about me you i mean you do have the two parts but but the reflection is so powerful and yes. his awareness of who he is as a human where he's been and what his power is moving through and like i almost think you can hear it in the you can hear it in the lyrics but you can hear it in his voice how he has that sudden recognition of um, the power of his position and whether he wants to accept it or not, he understands that he doesn't have that choice any longer, yeah. that he does have the power to speak for a group of people and to speak to a group of people, which I also think is important. And I'm truly impressed with um, your knowledge. Yeah. We, we <laughs> yeah. Before Ruben was about to cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and before we were talking about this, um, like you're saying right now, he had KDOT mm -hmm. with um, Section 80 and overlay, Overly Dedicated. And then he moved to Kendrick Lamar with Good Kid, Mad City, Tupemba Butterfly. And now, sure. Damn. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm just through. through well, you can see, but you can see if you think about, like, think about swimming pools. Um, it's like verse three, maybe, where he starts to stutter a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he says, all I, all I, all I, all I. And then maybe it's the bridge where he repeats himself again. You kind of have that, like that. It's a little bit of an homage to K-Dot, right? So yeah. so the reason he got the name K-Dot is because he stuttered as a child. And so that stutter, Remy, you just had an aha yes. moment, didn't you? <laughs> so he stuttered as a child. And when he, so musically, when you're trying to reinforce something, you'll say it again and again to get the attention of the audience. But when he uses that repetition there around verse three, I think, um, with the all I, all I, all I, it's reminiscent of that stutter, like a little homage to KDOT, but also what it's doing for an audience is pulling you into, here's where I was and here's where I am and here's where I'm going, um, which I think is really pivotal in that, in that album itself. Like the the power in Mad City is it 
it's amazing. It's like awe inspiring because it, he sets it up like a novel almost yeah. like each song is a chapter that builds on itself yes. and his reflection builds. But in order to really sell that, not sell it, like financially sell it, yeah. like, like really push the message. He has to be so aware of who he is because it's convincing. Like think about all of the elements of that, that album that are so convincing, so believable um, in the story that he's telling. Yeah. Wow. So now I knew the part about how he, he did that because he studied as a child, mm -hmm. but now that I think about it, uh, he, he, he's done that as like a stylistic choice in a ton of his songs. Like I was, I could think of like DNA. Mm -hmm. I got, I got, I, I got, got, yep. He, he, he does that in tons of songs and it's, it's a really interesting, like deep part of his music that like you really wouldn't think about. So that repetition is something that we pull out. So there are varied kinds of repetition. You know, there's an Afro where you repeat a phrase. Um, and a lot of those things, you know, looking beyond the simple lit devices, like looking at some of the more advanced devices, like why would he repeat a, repeat a phrase other than to draw your attention to it? What does he really want you to know about that phrase? And how is that phrase kind of um, a gateway into the commentary that he's offering in that piece specifically? Yeah, and um, I like how you said um, um, each track is like a chapter. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a different story, I guess, in Good Kid, Mad City. But when we move over to Pimp a Butterfly, well, in Good Kid, Mad City, they all like relate somehow. Yep. But to Pimp a Butterfly, it's like a book. It is. And it's it's meant to be played through. Sure. Um, there's not really that many songs on um, to Pimp a Butterfly that you play sing like sing um, mm -hmm. singularly. Um, so, well, besides like King Kuta and All Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I play them singularly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As do I, but Remy's Remy. Yeah. We'll just let him be. I, I, I have to like pick like um, sometimes I like an hour or so of my day to like go go through the album and it's but don't you think that's on purpose so if you think about the name of the album like to pimp a butterfly so you have the evolutionary element of like caterpillar to butterfly mm -hmm. which is what kendrick is experiencing yeah. but at the same time it's that evolutionary element from prostitute to pimp right yeah. and so he's making that social commentary that that society will use you and and um, take advantage of you until you understand how the game works. And then you're the pimp, right? Or then you're the butterfly once you've evolved, I... but you have that clash. Like think about the, like butterflies are supposed to be beautiful. Yeah. Pimps are not beautiful by nature, but he has that intense juxtaposition of here's this thing of beauty, but really it's a thing of beauty when you can understand how a system works and make it work to your advantage. So that's kind of like that, just the commentary and the title is crazy. I, I didn't even think about that. I, I think, I think, I'm, I think we're getting smarter by just, yeah. like, you might know more. Welcome you, to lit. You might know where do you think, where do you think this um, unit will go in the future? Could you ever extend to other artists or would you, move on to different units or would you continue doing this? So we already have started reflecting um, on what has worked really well in this unit and what we'd like to shift and adjust. Um, I see definitely the artists staying. Um, I would like to um, swap some songs out, you know, like yeah. we, we start the unit and I really like the way 
um, that we started this unit. The book that we read previously was Zori Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Were Watching God. And it's a, a book about a black woman who is married three times and she kind of finds herself. It's very like evolutionary, but it's also um, like self-awareness. And there's a technique in there that's reminiscent of slave culture and it's called call and response. So it's essentially a conversation. So when we start this unit, we started it with um, an album from Beyonce's Lemonade called Freedom. And so in that, in that piece, there's a call and response that Beyonce and Kendrick kind of do. So it's, you know, she says one thing and she's gathering power and then he comes in as a different voice but it, they're talking back and forth to one another. So you have that pull in and that tie in with um, like intertextuality, which is so important. Um, so that one will stay, but there are some other like Kendrick compilations that we threw in there that, that I don't think will stay. Um, as a matter of fact, we cut it because we're behind right now. Oh, yeah. um, we cut, so like there's a bridge in Radioactive like when in his yeah. his the radioactive remix remix it's a great bridge that he does and so that one's coming off the table okay. um because i don't think it's i mean it's powerful but i think it's not there's as. it's not as powerful yeah. as some of the other things so i really would like to add in complexion um i think that's a great opportunity because the other thing about this as well is it's an opportunity to have a conversation about race and about what we understand as you know, people in upstate New York, what we understand about race, like you can't teach this text without thinking about Compton yeah. and why Compton and where Compton. And have you ever thought about the fact that that LA is beautiful and glamorous and seen as this beautiful, glamorous, rich place and Compton is like in it, yeah. like Compton's right in it and Compton is the exact opposite and its foundation was not a foundation. It, like it didn't start as a city where impoverished people lived. It started as a city with some intense red line districting yeah. and black people were not allowed there. And all, all these series of factors and the, the oppressive nature that comes through in Kendrick's music, but also really understanding like an experience that might not be our own, which is another reason why the value in multiple voices. Um, this kind of leads right into my next question, but uh, has listening to Kendrick's music changed or evolved how you look at music, hip hop or social justice? Because I know before I started listening to hip hop, I was also like 12 and I didn't understand a lot of things, <laughs> yeah. but I was completely unaware of things like sure. police brutality. And now I'm much more aware of that. And I, I want it to be part of the solution to help stop it because of listening to hip hop music that taught me that these things are real and they're really happening to people. I don't think it has changed my view on social justice. What it has done or what I think is valuable is that I was a teenager in the 90s, right? Yeah. So as he's talking about Compton and cities being on fire and gangs and drugs and all of those things, it, I mean, my experience as a white female teenager in upstate New York, like my experience with Compton was things like Boys in the Hood and um, like revolutionary films that you were like, wait a minute, like this isn't fiction, like this is real, this is real. So, so I feel like my knowledge of being a teenager in the 90s actually has helped supplement my understanding of this. As a genre, I'm much more likely now to listen to hip hop than I was previously. 
Um, not that it didn't exist in my like musical realm before, but now it's like, you know, daily mix number six is all hip hop. So, so it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's something that I find myself listening to more. And instead of just listening, I'm really listening. We had a conversation in my lit class about, um, you know, one of the kids said, well, my mom reads literature and she analyzes literature, but she thinks that hip hop is nonsensical, but it's not like the whole power of hip hop. And one of the differences between hip hop and rap is rap is commercial, right? Like it's there to gain or it's there for an audience. It's created, it's curated almost. Mm -hmm. So it makes money. The purpose of hip hop is to tell a story and that was its original purpose. And that's its current purpose. So if you really listen to it, you're never going to escape those those um, elements of social commentary, the calls for social justice, the way that people are represented or misrepresented, uh, the call to action, the empowerment that's in there. Um, so I think that that's, you know, I feel like I have a, an appreciation that a year ago I might not have had for yeah. the genre. Yeah. Are well, there, there's okay. Um, so, uh, I'm a. This is okay. This is my favorite question, but I, I want to skip to it. Um, and this is um, yeah. All right. So let me just get to it. Um, what's your favorite album and favorite song? Oh goodness. I kind of it's kind of similar to what I was about to sure. say. Sure. I was gonna say, uh, are there any songs that stand out to, as more meaningful or powerful um, from your eyes of his music? So I let's see the ones I really really like. I really like All Right. I really like All Right. Um, like the whole you, All Right, I together, the three of them. I think there's so much power in those three songs together. Um, I find myself singing DNA. I find myself singing um, Swimming Pools. I find myself singing, um, well, those are the ones that are in my head right this minute. So. I think that like, I don't know, it, it's it's interesting, but my musical ta- cha- taste change so often that maybe next week yeah. the songs that I'm singing will be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of albums, I love the fact that like To Pimp a Butterfly has so much recognition, but I like that Damn has it's still just as solid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like he did it three times in a row. Yeah. It's almost like the pressure is off. Yeah. Right. So, so to pimp a butterfly wins, the, like that's what got him an award, yep. you know, like that's what got him an award. And he, um, he doesn't have the pressure of, Oh, he's going to fade away anymore. And so he's got that, like, he's like, you can think what you're going to think, but I can still make music and I can make powerful music and music that has a message and music that, that is uniquely my voice and the voice of a generation. Um, I, okay. I don't know the word for this, but, um, I am super like surprised and like, I'm really thankful that you're like going this deep into (laughs) this music and like just Kendrick in general. Like, I, I don't know the word, but, like, I would not want to be because it's so hard. It's extremely hard. 
and you've gone through a lot of this process of just going into songs, going in, I wouldn't have that patience to be honest, <laughs> and going in how to teach it in like different perspectives. It's phenomenal, to be honest. In my opinion, it's just good teaching, quite honestly. Like if I'm going to teach students a text, I need to anticipate the questions that they have, but also be able to find the grace to explore it with them. And it, because it's not about me, like the class isn't about me. The class is about them and their experience with the literature. But I also like to know, you know, yeah. like I like to know. And I found myself time and time again, like falling down this rabbit hole of Kendrick Lamar. Like I know yeah. so much about this man at this point. I would love to. And I was in a meeting yesterday um, where we were talking specifically about this and like at this point, I would love to teach a class, like a college level class at a university, specifically Kendrick Lamar. And they exist, you know, like Yale offers a class. Actually. Yes, yeah, I'll send you a list. Um, so there are countless, there are countless colleges and universities that offer an in-depth study of this. I would love to do that at the collegiate level. I would love to, um, you know, and then maybe, cause Kendrick does teach at Long Island University. Maybe we, they would be close and he would be like, hey, look at what you're doing. That's so great. Let me pop over. And I'd be like, high five. That's awesome. That would be, that would be cool. But that's totally selfish. Like that's completely selfish. And I would I would just like to. It's got nothing to do with anything other than, um, you know, I'd love to ask him some questions. Actually, yeah. that's what we're going to do. One of the things we're going to do next week in class is to say, okay, here's here's where we are in the discography what kind of questions would we ask him? Like, what questions do you still have? Um, now, if he was older, like if he was an older hip hop artist, yeah. like some of the old guys who are a little, maybe forgotten and a little salty, Yeah. I bet I could reach out on social media and find them. Yeah. And they would be like, here, let's do a Zoom session. But, but he's a little extra popular. So my guess is a tweet from a 40 year old yeah. high school English teacher is not gonna resonate. He, he's like literally off the face of everything. Mm -hmm. Like he, he made like, one Twitter post last year mm -hmm. talking about like what he's doing with his music, how he's suffered with he's he's kind of suffered with loss and sure he's, he's been in the studio every day making he's making music and he's been um and that he announced this was gonna be his last album with Top Dog mm -hmm. and um, speaking about Top Dog um oh, we don't even have that much time right, you know what, let's go for it um uh you know this. But um, Todd Dog uh, was gonna went to a KFC one day and he was gonna rob it. Like he, he's gonna, or yeah, he's, he pointed a gun at Kendrick's dad. Dad. Yep. And he said, "Give me your money." And then Kendrick's dad kind of like charmed him and it's like, "I'll give you like a couple extra biscuits and stuff." And <laughs> Todd Dog came to like Kendrick's dad, and Kendrick um kind of uh like explained in some of his songs um. That was a pivotal point. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and he would probably die or if sure. he didn't have a father. Well, he would have been a gangbanger, like yeah. quite honestly, without that parental figure. And if you think about some of the things that his father said to him, the that pivotal moment where he's like, "You have a choice. Like you either have a choice to use your brain or you have a choice to to go with the gangs. Like, mm. like here's what you need to decide." And he said, "I don't want this life for you. I want something else." Yeah. And so that pivotal moment with his father as well as like you know other influences in his life like his high school english teacher um put him on the right track and set him on a path that i don't think he even imagined at that point in his life 
So um, since we're running a little low on time, sure. Um, this might be one of the last questions, depending on how long it goes. But um, are there any other hip hop artists that you got into, like based on listening to Kendrick? Okay, this is really funny. So, and we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Like, I have, as a human, Kanye West is not my boy, right? Not at all. Yeah. But and I had a student years ago who was like, he loves them, and he still loves them. And once I started listening to Kendrick, then I, you know, you get those Spotify yeah. playlists, there's a Kanye song here and a Kanye yeah, song yeah. there. And I'm like, wow, like there's some power in that too. Yeah. So being able to separate my distaste for the human yeah. from his art. But musically he's... Absolutely. Yeah. Musically he is sound and he is, he is really, you know, he has that same kind of, it's not on the same level, but he has power. Yeah. Um, and he recognizes the power. And he's gifted as an artist. So, um, you know, there's a little Kanye sprinkled into my, um, okay, okay. Into my oh, wait, wait. listening right Do now you know as well. Your favorite track from him? Oh, listening. It's our, it's the, like, honestly, the one that keeps coming up is the Gold Digger. Yeah. Like, I, I just love that song. With Jamie, Jamie Foxx Fox yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah. That was yeah. actually the last thing I've ever written down. I yeah, didn't listen, listen to Kanye yet. I did listen to Kanye. Oh, um, I haven't listened to anything lately. He's he's, he's better. His old Kanye is way yeah, better. I yeah, I do prefer old Kanye. Yeah, so I think most people prefer old Kanye. <laughs> Oh. Um, I think but if I, you have recommendations of things I need to listen to, all you have to do is send them to we're me. Gonna, we're going to make you a we'll playlist. Make you a playlist. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. I love that. So I think we're going to have to wrap it up now. Okay. So thank you for coming on. Sure. We're going to be going into some segments. Okay, so now we're going to be doing a segment where I give Remy two artists, and he has to guess who has more monthly listeners. So the first one, I was when I thought of this idea at lunch, this is like what made me think of it. Um, so it's gonna be Jack Harlow versus Travis Scott. Okay. Um. So, uh, Jack Harlow just had this crazy song, "Industry Baby," with uh, Lil Nas X, and that's got a lot of streams right now. And um, uh, Travis Scott just released Escape Plan and uh, uh, Dystopia or whatever. Um, so pretty much, oh, okay. I think, and well, especially with what happened to Travis, I don't know if, I think a lot of people stopped listening to him. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with Jack Harlow. Yep, you're right. It's like, Jack Harlow has like three million more. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, change it up a little bit. This one's gonna be harder for you. Um, Little Sims. Okay. Okay. So my two artists for you are Little Sims and um, Little Sims and Lil Pump. I feel like Little Sims gonna get it. I think. You think Little Sims? Wait. Gonna... No, no, no way. It's gonna be Lil Pump. You think Lil Pump got it? Yeah. Yeah, like, you're right. Because Lil Pump. He he's not popular now, but I feel like people still might be listening to his like yeah, 2016 or 2017 songs and yeah. What, Little uh, Sims isn't mainstream enough to be beating. Yeah, um, there's a four million gap. Um, four million. Yeah, Lil Little Sims has um three million and Lil Pump has uh seven million still. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go ASAP Rocky or JID. JID is more. Yeah, you're right. Do you know why I know that? Because I checked both of them yesterday. <laughs> uh, I know how. I know why. Um, ASAP. ASAP probably is like twenty mil or eighteen yeah, mil. 20 yeah, twenty mil. mil. And J. J I'm not even looking right now. J. D. Twenty five mil. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. I was close. Cause, cause he has a song with Imagine Dragons, 
does over 200 million streaming sales. Listen to me yesterday. Pop Smoke. Ooh, yeah, Pop Smoke and J. Cole. I'm thinking it's going to be J. Cole. Pop Smoke is really big, but I don't think he's going to be J. Cole. Um, you won by like 200,000. 200,000? They both have like 25,000. 25, 25 million stream, uh, listeners right now. Uh -huh. I know that um, J. Cole, No More Role Models is still one of the most streamed songs on Spotify. So I As it should it, be, bro. That's an yeah. incredible song. Okay, so Kevin Abstract is a part of Brockhampton, um, Brockhampton right? And So Fago just recently po um, got uh, big because of TikTok and um, with his single Knock and Knock, right? Uh -huh. uh, and that was released in 2020, and Brockhampton's been here for a while, I yeah. guess. Uh, shoot. I think I think Sofago has around three million. Sofago's beating Kevin Yeah, Ashtrack. right. Yeah, because Kevin Ashtrack's not known yeah, he's, as much. What is he, a million or two he's, million? He's uh, almost 2.5 million. 2.5 million, okay. All right. All right, so we're going to go with Megan the Stallion or Nicki Minaj. Nicki is obviously like a way bigger artist. Yeah. But... Megan has been so popular with TikTok that yeah. I don't know if just right now when Nicki hasn't put out an album in a while, I don't think so. But um, honestly. no, when she put out um the plant the planet one, uh, beam me up, Scotty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. I'm gonna say it's Nicki. I don't think I don't think Megan's gonna beat. Nicki. All right, so Nicki beat Megan by five million streams okay. only. They're both on thirty millions, so. I mean, then like so, Cardi B, Megan The Stein, and like um, and uh, Nicki are like just the best. I, I guess the they're all like pretty much similar. Yeah. To me, but I feel like Nicki's a better rapper. Yeah. Than all of them. She's got like the legend status. Yeah. Okay, this is one of the closest ones yet. Denzel yeah. Curry or Joey Badass. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one because they're both like they're both like. Because I, I think of them as, like, the same, like, kind of concept. Yeah. You know how... All right, so that's how I think of artists sometimes. I think of Blueface and Ellie and Choppa. Yeah. And then I think of Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. Yeah. You get where I'm coming? Uh-huh. Um, and that's where I'm getting Denzel Curry and Joey Badass from. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm kind of get. And then... Yeah. And then I get, like... Who's even compared to Kendrick? I don't know. Kendrick J. Cole? Yeah. Okay, just because yeah, they're lyrical, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's usually Kendrick and J. Cole. And then Kanye and Jay-Z. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that's where I get that from. Um, Denzel or Joey? Joey. Yeah, you're right. Because he just released a single. Uh-huh. Joey's like 7 million, 7 million 200, and Denzel Bro, Lil is... Lil Pump almost beat him. <laughs> Wait, Lil Pump has more than Denzel Curry? Yeah, Denzel's only... What? <laughs> Six, um, oh six point eight. Oh my! Denzel hasn't released. Uh, he has. Yeah, a, but he had a one with um the. His most recent was the twenty twenty one with um the League of Legends TV show, but um he's, he hasn't released an album since twenty twenty. So and even then, his twenty twenty album wasn't like. Phenomenal. It, it wasn't as mainstream as yeah. his other ones. So like it's not. It wasn't as the uh, mainstream level as Taboo or Zoo. Mm -hmm. So. MF Doom. Okay. Or Mad Villainy. Or Mad Vill Villain. Um, honestly, I'm going to have to say I'm going to have to. Yeah, they're the same person. <laughs> so they're the same person, and MF Doom's account has 2 million more than Mad Villain. Yeah. Oh, do you know what we should do? What? We should do albums, best albums of a year. 
like oh, best yeah. album of 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. Oh no, I'd I feel like I'd have to prepare a little bit for that. I we can just look them up. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. I... Doja Cat versus Drake. Oh, this is a good one. Doja Cat's almost 60 million. She's like 56 million. Yeah, how'd you get that right? <laughs> <laughs> and Drake, Drake was. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he hit 60. I think he had 58 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think he probably went down. No, but he's, his streams are going up a lot. Uh, I think uh, Doja Cat probably has more. Um, I'm going to get, yeah, I said Doja Cat, yeah. Yeah, Doja Cat is like 3 million more than Drake. So that was us um, listening, or not listening, um, us like guessing monthly listeners of artists and now we're gonna um transition into the best albums of each year from 2010 to 2021 okay we'll start with 2010 and i'll pull them up okay so pretty much we're gonna be going into the album in 2010 and let's just get right into it so the first one of course we have my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by kanye west um then we got thank me later by drake uh you got uh, man, man on the Moon 2. Man on the Moon 2. Waka Flocka. <laughs> Recovery by Eminem. Uh, there was a Nicki Minaj one, I'm not sure. Pink? I don't yeah. Know. Pink Friday, yeah. Pink, Pink Friday. Friday. And then you got B.O.B. That's a great album, though. Yeah, That's such... Oh, does, does that beat? I don't think it beats it. <laughs> oh, bro, I love that album so much. Probably just... Back in 7th or 6th grade, I'm all just, I listened to was oh, Magic. Hey. Um, then we got Kids by Mac Miller, I think. Um, that's a great album. So out of those four, who do you think wins? I mean, I think it's got to be Kanye. Yeah, okay. We're going to go Kanye, um, B.O.B. Yeah, sure. Then I think it's going to be... Kids or Pink Friday. Kids. Kids, Pink Friday, then Thank Me Later by Drake. No, I think, I think Man on the Moon, too. Oh, Man on the... Oh, I forgot about Man on the Moon. Yep, Man on the Moon, too, after Kids, then Pink Friday. Then Drake. Yeah. Okay, that's 2010. Now we're going to go to 2011, and let's see what we got for 2011. Okay, if it will let me go. Okay, okay, we got Watch the Throne by Kanye and Jay-Z, Take Care by Drake, Long Live ASAP by ASAP Rocky, Section 80 by Kendrick Lamar. Oh, this is a good, this is a good year. Yeah, this is a good year. Um, the, oh, the Sideline Story by J. Cole. Okay. Oh. Uh, Goblin, The Carter Four. Okay. Wow. Camp. Okay, is that right? Oh, and then Pusha T. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, okay, so... Section 80, first for me. I'm debating between Section 80 and the J. Cole. Oh, yes, because... No, it, Section 80 does it. I'm sorry. I think, yeah, Section, Section 80. Section 80, J. Cole. Then, the, is it Watch the Throne next? Or? Watch Or... I'd take... Yeah, watch the throne. Yeah, watch the throne next. Um, then take care for me. I'd take care next for me. Yeah, sure, we can do that. I feel like I'd have it a little lower, but we can do it. Uh, yeah, long live ASAP, the Carter 4, and Goblin next. And I think the Carter 4. The Carter 4. Long live ASAPs after yeah. that. Then Goblin, then Camp. Or yeah. Camp before Goblin. Uh-huh. Uh, I, think, I think Goblin, then Camp. Okay. Now we're going to move on to 2012. Good Kid, Mad City. That's already won That's pretty already, much. Yeah, <laughs> won. Uh, Life is Good, Nas. I didn't even listen to that one. Cruel su- uh, Summer. Uh, 1999. 
but I can't beat it. So I think we're gonna. I think we only got Pitbull. 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 Pitbull's got to win. Oh, the heist. <laughs> After four years eyes only, we're gonna go words in the trap house. Then views has to be next. Yeah, views. I'm sorry. Views is a good album. I, oh, Isaiah Rashad's album Sunshine is really good too. Or try it. Uh, Bro, Kodak Black better be up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the coloring book. That's not bad. Not bad. Um, Jeffrey. Jeffrey's after Brisbane Trap House. Oh, Untitled on Master is. I think that's after Jeffrey for me. I think it's ahead for me, but I'm, I'm not sure. It could be really. Uh, if you, yeah. and then Savage Mode. Wait, um, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but this album from YG. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Okay, so let's just go. Top three, what do we got? Life of Pablo. Uh, then we had J. Cole, uh-huh. For Your Eyes Only, and then Words in the Trap House. And then, and then Jeffrey, and then Views. Now this is 2017. Okay, Damn, I'm, 444, Flower Boy, bro. More Life, Culture, All-American <laughs> Badass, The Never Story. This was a good year. Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, right? Without Warning. Wow. Love is Your Age 2. Young Thug's album, Future... Oh, uh, was Gold Links, Gold Links album, good, good Love for, is Rage 2. Good for you from Amina. Oh, well, this is oh, Issa. Saturation, Saturation 2, 2. Wow, okay. This was a big year. Saturation 1. Oh, I'm painting pictures by Kodak Black. <laughs> now we're on to 2018. 2018's got albums like Astro World, Invasion of Privacy, Swimming, Scorpion, KOD, Kids See Ghosts, DiCaprio 2, and Taboo. Iridescence by Brockhampton. Harder than ever. Uh, I feel like there's, as, as the time goes on, we're getting more albums. I think yeah. there's Goodbye and Good Riddance from Juice World. Yeah, um, the first, I think the best one's gotta go with Astroworld. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, Astroworld number one. DiCaprio too? Oh, Swimming, bro. No, Swimming or Astroworld? Swimming. Swimming, then Astroworld. I think DiCaprio too is next. Cause okay, got, like, Oh, I can see those though, bro. That's like a 10. Yeah, we can throw them ahead of it. Alright, then DiCaprio 2 after Kids See Ghosts. Kids See Ghosts and Oh, Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther's a good album. Okay, Dica- uh, Black Panther after DiCaprio 2. A Taboo? Oh, Die Lit 2. Uh, Taboo is. I don't think. I think Die Lit's better than Taboo. I'm no, sure you yeah. that. Uh, oh, what about Good Eye and Good Riddance, though? We can put Die Lit over Taboo, but I like Taboo better. Okay, but I think Good Eye and Good Riddance is better than all. Like, I don't like. I'm not a big as Juice Stan anymore. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I used to like him a lot when he was, like, like still alive, uh-huh. sadly. You know, it's hard to say that. Uh, yeah, that first album was really good. For okay. Him. But Champions by Meek Mill was really good because that had Going Bad on it. What about Yay? I really liked Yay. Yay? I really did like Yay. Two or three? Not, uh, I think three. Let's just do top five because we're doing too much. So, number one, Swimming, Astroworld, number two. Uh, what's number three? Kids see Ghost number three, DiCaprio two number four, and then would it Black be Yay five or Black Panther? Oh, I think Black Panther has to take yeah, it, and Black then Yay number six, and then Goodbye and Good Riddance, and then Taboo Champions. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, let's go with twenty nineteen now. Oh, Igor. Yeah, Zoo, Igor. So much fun. The Lost Boy by Corday. Baby on Baby. <laughs> baby on Baby. Dial <laughs> Legend. Kirk. Please excuse me for being antisocial. De- Death Race for Love, that's a good album. Crash Talk, Cause I Love You by Lizzo. Oh, that's, that's, that's a really good, good one. Yeah. Ginger, Ginger Dripper Drown 2. 
<laughs> um, what we what would we go with number one? Oh oh, bandana five with Madlib. I think it's Igor. Igor number one. I can agree with that. So much fun's pretty good. Die oh, please excuse me for being antisocial snacks after Igor. Uh, where do you think Die Legend by Polo G would be? Four, four. Well, Death Race for Love is better than Die Legend. Yeah. So three for Death Race for Love. Four for Die Legend and five spot goes to Ginger. I think Zoo is better. Than Zoo, Ginger. Zoo. All right, let's go. Twenty twenty. Now we have Alfredo, which is really good. Eternal Take, My Turn, Circles by Mac Miller. Yes. Meet the Wu Two, Circles by Roll Mac Miller. The Goat, Limbo, King's Disease for Mouse. Wanna, Good News, Meet the Wu Two. I think Limbo. I, th- I feel like yeah, I, I said, said I said, I just, I said, said both of those. Um, Sugar. Legends Never Die. Savage Mode 2, Unlocked from Denzel Curry. Yeah, Savage Mode 2. Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon is phenomenal. I really like that. Heaven or Hell. Music to be Married by. Oh, uh, Dark Lanes Demo Tape. Uh, Top. Artist 2.0. Nightmare Vacation from Rico Nasty. Music to be Murdered by by Eminem. Artist, uh, you just said. I keep saying stuff that you said. Blame it on Baby. So, number one. I really did like it. I might have to, dude. That's like one of my, like that's like a nine for me out of ten. Yeah, shoot I think shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. So shoot for the stars, aim for the moon is like. I think then it's gotta be circles. First. Then circles. So shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. Then circles. There's one. Uh, the uh, goat the, is good. Uh, do you think the goat or on the goat? And okay. then unlocked, and then eternal take. Okay, that's a good list. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed from the interview to the maybe a little bit rushed segments and thanks for listening this is the last part of our school assignments with this so from now on there's not going to be like criteria or or we get what we're going to have to do if we keep making episodes and like once we figure out how to do that